Welcome to High School Backups Podcast. My name is Nick, and this is episode 72. Hope you're all having a great week here. Uh, we're coming off of uh, just after the week of July 4th, with our most recent episode need to be recorded due to some issues. Uh, I myself was on vacation and needed a little extra time to... I guess unwind as I went straight from driving through multiple states to uh, working the next morning, nice bright and early at 7 a.m. So uh, I need a little extra time to go. So thank you very much, you all, for uh, taking over. Uh, we are back this week with our live edition of our podcast. Uh, a little bit late. I do apologize for that. However, uh, we are here. So again, hope you all are having a great week. Thank you for joining us tonight. So uh, let's talk a little bit about a few separate news things going on. Uh, first things first, we have a couple uh, news in the MLB world. So first off, uh, they are the MLB Home Run Derby was last night. Uh, there was a few things here. First things first, the uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did win the Home Run Derby last night. Uh, he hit 27 home runs in the final round. Uh, it was pretty cool. I went back and watched his dad winning in 2007, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., uh, and he actually won with a total of 17 home runs through all three of the rounds that he went through. So Vlad Guerrero Jr. winning with a total of 27 in the final round alone was quite interesting. On top of that, 41 home runs were hit in a single round uh, in the first round of it. Uh, I think that's excessive because eventually you get tired. So nonetheless, it's cool that the record was broken. Uh, however, it's a little crazy. Um, did you, did you all see that kid get hit with a line drive yeah, right in the forehead? <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. That's I they uh, that's so I saw the time. speed. It came 115 miles an hour off the bat. I hope I I hope that kid's okay because I don't know. I never saw an update on what happened. So I do hope that kid's okay from getting clocked in the face. But I don't even remember it who was. What, I think it was. It was I think watch. it was Vlad. I know I saw the video of it. I was like I didn't Bro, notice it at so first. Sad. I didn't even know what happened. I thought he just like fell, and then I saw like a slow down because it happened so fast. And I was like, "Oh, damn, that's that's, that's really." Nuts. It was really hard to watch. Uh, so hopefully, uh, it hopefully was he's Vlad okay. Guerrero. I don't know which round it was in though. Um, yeah, me either. I think it was the third. Uh, but that was crazy. Crowd cheered for him. He did come off the field. Uh, he's in pretty mm. good spirits. I think that. Um, side note: Vlad Guerrero hit seventy-two home runs last night. That's freaking insane. Um, Nuts. I think that uh, Vlad Guerrero, you know, already like quote unquote issued an apology, even though he didn't do anything wrong. The kid just missed yeah. his uh, catch, but I think I'm sure he'll help with that. I mean, I think you win a, like a million bucks or something like that for the home run derby. So, uh, anywho, another baseball news: uh, Ela De La Cruz uh, became the first Reds player to steal every single base in a single inning. Uh, obviously besides first, because you can't steal first, uh, stealing second, third, and home in a single inning in a total of two pitches. I know that doesn't make sense, uh, but when people stop paying attention in the middle of their uh, setup, uh, it's pretty easy when you're fast to run from third to home. So uh, it was pretty interesting to watch. It's about a 50-second clip. Uh, essentially, he steals second as normal. And then he steals third as normal. And then what proceeds to happen is both the pitcher and catcher at the exact same time turn their back. He starts sprinting. You hear some screaming. And all of a sudden, he's sliding across home. It was very interesting. Um, certainly worth a watch. 
if you want to go look it up, I guess look up De La Cruz Steel. Uh, it was quite interesting um, and fun to watch for sure. I wish I watched it live because I can only imagine like listening to the casters uh, on the recap was interesting because no one was oh expecting God. it to happen. Um, and last but not least, the MLB draft happened over the weekend. Uh, the Red Sox took a handful of players. I know they had the 14th overall pick, I think. I'm not sure exactly who they drafted. The MLB is very interesting with their draft, where unless you're like a Mike Trout or a Bryce Harper or one of these guys that kind of instantly comes up, which doesn't come very often, um, it's all sort of developmental, including Paul uh, Skeens, uh, who's drafted first overall by the Pirates. Uh, I, the cool little tidbit I wanted to add here is I have a friend who I work with. Um, he is a friend uh, who I do work with who uh, is very much, he played baseball in high school and was recruited in college, um, played in, in a college in Massachusetts. Uh, he knew uh, a good friend of his who went and who played minor league baseball in Florida uh, and is very good friends with Paul Skeens. Uh, so such good of friends that his friend told him last night to put everything on Paul Skeens being drafted number one overall. He did not do that because that seemed silly. Even though it was possible, it didn't seem like the likely pick. And then 10 minutes later proceeded to be picked first overall. So uh, that, was funny. <laughs> uh, that was a funny conversation I had this morning. Why uh, isn't my headset working? I don't know, Steve. It is uh, working, Steve, Steve. we can hear you. It is no, working, No, this is Steve. my computer audio. My head, oh. the headset doesn't really connect. <laughs> Okay, well, also, that fun fact, Maria's family's watching, so fair warning. Okay, oh, this will be fun. In all fairness, yeah. So no PG will be rated R this episode, boys. No, you should actually swear more. Exactly. Don't rated tell R. me. Uh, all right. Trust Jake and I are. Give me a hot stick, boys. <laughs> Central is garbage. Uh, moving on. Okay, well, so Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we yeah yes, we're good. Like, All right, perfect. Uh, yeah, at least he's a fucking chill. Steven. Uh, mm. Anyways. Um, okay, Andrew, I heard that there's some interesting stuff going on in the uh, USA soccer world. Uh, yeah. Uh, so most recently this weekend, we had the quarterfinals of the, US, uh, the CONCACAF Gold Cup where USA took on Canada. And a very high stakes matchup after they beat them two nothing in the Concacaf Nations League. Um, this game ended with a two two draw all the way through extra time, and it had to go into penalties. Where USA won three two on penalties because Canada's last person who needed to score hit the crossbar and it ricocheted out and giving the United States the win. That was pretty insane. Um, I guess 
tensions were very much flared in the, after halftime, and there was a lot of a lot of emotions going on in the game. Um, Mexico beat Costa Rica two nothing, so they advanced onto the semis. Jamaica beat uh, Guatemala one nothing, and Panama smacked the heck out of Qatar four nil. So time Mexico that leading. <laughs> With that leading into the semifinals, we are going to see USA take on Panama um, tomorrow night and Jamaica versus Mexico tomorrow night as well. Leading into the final on July 19th, so this Sunday, or July 16th, sorry, July 16th, where we'll see if the United States can actually win, which most recently they beat Panama 6-0 in a World, World Cup qualifying match. So I think we might have a chance to skim through a win here. Um, and then most likely, most likely we'll probably take on either Mexico, but you know, Mexico is going to get their ass handed by a, uh, by a a USA B team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andrew, I have a question. So, uh, a B team, I, yeah, cause I know Pulisic's still playing with his team out in Europe or whatever the hell, right? Uh, actually Pulisic moved to an Italian club team, so he's no longer in England, so he's, He's on AC Milan. Okay, so uh, that's cool. Go Christian Ballistic. Uh, Kyle's uh, booing someone for going to Italy, which is interesting. No, no. Because I'm, he's a Napoli fan. I'm a Na He went to my rival. That oh, He went to okay. my club's rival. Well, well, so. AC Milan is everyone's rival in Italy. It, yes, exactly. Because well, so. <laughs> AC Milan runs Italy. Kyle, if we know anything, you don't have to sweat it. We won't see you guys in the World Cup. That's gonna exactly. Be so. Hey, uh, hey, you can barely beat USA's poverty squad. Get out of here. At least we <laughs> made it. it. So, Andrew, well, my question was, for those who don't know a bunch, including myself, uh, what implications does this tournament have? Does it have any? Is it simply for, like, practice in a way? Uh, um, it's it's kind of more or less, like, standing-wise amongst our uh, nation's conference, like, amongst all the nations in our conference to kind of see where they stand, um, leading into kind of, like, the 2026 World Cup, um, seeing which teams are going to be in for qualification matches and which ones aren't. Um, but most likely with already the United States, Mexico, and Canada already having their bids because they're the host nations, they don't need to worry about this as much. So it's all the other small nations that need to worry about it. So like Panama and Jamaica, if they were to win this, they'd be considered the top two teams to win, to be uh, considered for the qualification matches, being the top two teams to make it through. Um, so there's a lot on the line, but I mean, with the United States already winning, they kind of just want to win more gold so they can keep on a high trail going into, uh, next summer's, uh, tournaments that they're going into. And then, uh, the 2026 world cup. So they're just trying to keep themselves on a high pedestal right now. Gotcha. And as you said, the American B team, if you will, considering most of the best players are out in other countries playing for some of the better teams in the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Um, as someone who really only watches the World Cup. Speaking of that, I don't know if you know this off the top of the head, Andrew. Uh, I keep getting advertisements. I'm always excited to watch the Women's World Cup is coming up soon. Yeah. Yes. It is actually in next two weeks. July 20th so, is the first game. Yes. Awesome. July 20th, where the United States Women's National Team will be trying to go for a three peat, and they already beat Wales two nothing. Uh, thanks to uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity Rodman, uh, scoring two goals. Um, she has already been a big, massive key player to the to the United States women's team, uh, pushing them forward. She's yeah, she's really young. She's like 18, um, 20, something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then you got Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan, two superstars who have been on the U.S. Women's National Team looking to get their third, actually their fourth World Cup, I think. No, their third. Their third World Cup win with the team, um, which would be insane to watch these two get. Um, this whole entire time, like, nobody's, no, everybody's going up against the United States. Like, I don't know how you stop the women's national team, but, like, they have been on fire so far. And everybody's got it for them. And already, already EA's, EA has done the simulation on it. And they were right about Argentina on the men's side winning the World Cup. And they mm -hmm. said the United States is going to win it. So, EA has not been wrong yet on their... On their uh, uh on one. their simulations. One out of one. Out of one. No, one out of one. one, out of one uh, the team fairness. that has Lionel no, they've done it for the past four four with uh, men's World Cups. Um, they got the Germany. Uh, they had the France. They had the Argentina, and they had the one before uh, the German one. Yeah, it, so. it's interesting. Um, you know, the USA. It's one of the ones where they dominate, <clears throat> considering the men's team has been not good for a few World Cups until this most recent one. We know that they, most of they them. made it pretty. They did made it pretty far, and it only seems they're going to go up from there with all these young people. But this woman team's that the constant flow of talent with uh, Megan Rapinoe going to be retiring. She officially announces her final World Cup. Um, I'm sure yeah. Alex Morgan's will be coming up in the next one or two after that, as she is getting into her late twenties. I, I think. I think she. I think after this World Cup, if they win it, I feel like Alex Morgan's going to say, "You know what? I've had enough. This is it. I'm going to hang up my boots after international play for this. I'll play around and been leading into the next one, but like for now, like this is probably my last World Cup. She's going to play a messy role, like yeah. where she's just like, mm -hmm. you know what? I've done everything. I've scored goals. I'm I'm up there. You know what? This is my last one. We're gonna. This is for us to kind of lead the next group into the next generation of the U.S. Women's National Team. Certainly. So an icon like Megan uh, Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan are are very key to this team to kind of help lead this team into the next into the next steps. For for the record, Alex Morgan is thirty four. Yeah. So, yes. so it's likely yeah, this yeah. is. This, maybe her last. this might be her last. Also, why did I think her last name was Rapino? Uh, it might be, but I think it's Rapino. I don't know. It is Rapino. Yeah, okay. I trust you, Andrew. I'm just questioning why I thought it was Rapino. I, I think the Rapinoe media pronounces sucks. it wrong. I don't think so. Um, yeah, that might be it. Anyway, Megan Rapino's 38, by the way. Yeah, so, so oh wow. More, but really, the truth yeah. of the matter is, um, there's so many young girls on that team that are 25 mm -hmm. and younger. Uh, and yep. it's very similar to U.S. men's team where, like, they're both kind of gross for the next three, four World Cups. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they're all in good spots. So, anyways, that's all I really wanted to talk about. Thank you for letting me kind of pick your brain a little bit on that, Andrew, because I definitely want to talk about it. No problem. So now let's talk about the most important uh, first subject of the night, which is why Victor Wanyama is a bust. Um, so no. Really straightforward. <laughs> Fuck no. Uh, Victor Wembanyama went to the summer league and got crapped on by a bunch of low, low lives uh, who made. Bro, that's just fucking false. He's obviously the worst. They shut him down because they're worried that they're gonna show a bad. He's just like Zion. Victor Wembanyama is obviously <laughs> a bust, right? Oh my no, fucking god! Not. For the no. record, the question is: Is Victor Wembanyama a bust? And the answer is fuck no. Answer is, Hold on a minute. Whoa, whoa, Jake. The answer is <laughs> not yet. The is, <laughs> because we don't know yet because we don't even know if he's good yet he played against hey. a bunch of g-leaguers and we don't know okay for the record the summer league for rookies is just that like it's the it's the fucking summer league like everybody well, got like, hyped that lonzo ball was so great in the summer league and i'm like bro calm down he's not like 
That's oh, that was yeah. the same for Leandro Ball too. So, Lamelo's. <laughs> I would like to call out something. Uh, a couple weeks ago, right before Victor Wembanyama was drafted, I said, "quote unquote," if he averages 18, 12, 4, and two in his rookie season, people will call this man a bust. You want to know what he averaged in the fucking summer league over the first two games? Yeah, 18, 10, two assists, and four blocks a game. In his second game, he put up 27 points, 12 boards, three blocks, with 9 of 14 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3. And people are call- like, shut the fuck that up. That sounds like a bust to shut, me. Shut I the don't know. fuck up. <laughs> I, don't, I, I would say, to be honest, that isn't the biggest story of the Summer League to me. No, not at all. He, no. they, they were going to shut him down early. They've All number one overall picks have been shut down early in the Summer League. It doesn't matter. Like, um, I'm yeah. a little biased. I'm a little biased here, but thus far, in my personal opinion, uh, this man's about to say Jordan Walsh is the best player in the summer league. No, That's exactly I'm not going to say, say. That. <laughs> What I am going to say is that the biggest story of this summer league has been Jordan Walsh and JD, JD Davidson, who was drafted last year. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a reason. And the sole reason is the fact that when you're looking at picks that matter, right? We're looking at the Spurs pick in Victor Wembanyama to matter long term. But yeah. when we look at the Celtics, we're looking at a team that was really this close to being able to make it to the finals and have a really <laughs> good chance at doing at least better than the Heat did, nonetheless winning it. And yeah. they've made some serious changes with moving Marcus Smart and so on. And and they gave up a few assets to get uh, you know, Kristaps Porzingis, um, and, and kind of get these other uh, few pieces. So for me, building up draft capital for me, yes, agreed. Draft capital. The biggest thing that they could do was utilize their draft picks to hopefully fill in some of these gaps, such as Grant Williams, who is now gone and such as, uh, you know, some sort of like Marcus Smart distributor, get someone who maybe can play, you know, one PG, two PG, be a distributor to those guys because there's a lot of people who can score, including Jordan Walsh, who, by the way, is shooting 42% right now from the three. He's literally a Grant Williams, but more athletic and better on defense. Like, that's seriously, he's more lanky, but like, that's an actual thing. Um, yeah. If he can take, he's due summer league, I agree, but well, that's what we're seeing so far. Uh, and J.D. Davidson's playing super well, um, is being a really good distributor. Also, I saw Jordan Walsh throw a ball behind his back for a three-point sink, so I was like, damn, okay, maybe this dude's a distributor. So um, I think that's the most underrated storyline of the whole Summer League. Uh, I'm surely a little bit biased just because um, I am a Celtics fan. Celtics. Uh, yeah. But for me, when we're looking at biggest possible outcomes, these two players helping the Celtics make it to another championship and possibly win it uh, is huge. It's big. Listen, if Jamie I mean, Davidson can actually come off the bench and be a distributor, yes, that is huge. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. I didn't get you off. Oh, I mean, at the same time, too, because considering we're about to pay Jalen Brown a ton of money, I think it's definitely a breath of fresh air knowing that, oh, yeah, we can still draft pretty well. Considering when you have a lot of players that take up a lot of cast space, you kind of need to draft super well. But to get back to Wimbanyama, I mean, it's really not going to matter until the regular season comes. I mean, this is the same thing as the NFL preseason where everyone raves about, oh, this quarterback did so well, this quarterback did so well this game. It doesn't matter. It's it's preseason BS. It's going to change when the regular season comes. It's just, just, you know, we're overreacting. And it's two games in a summer league that doesn't matter. So people will do everything they can to say dumb stuff. <laughs> but you know it is what it. Ha- 
I'm just kidding. I'm being kidding. Uh, oh. Who's the best <laughs> yeah. player playing in the summer league right now? It's Jabari Smith Jr., right? Like the Rockets' yeah. second year guy. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. And that's because like, he has real NBA minutes and played crazy good yeah. last year. Yeah, that's what I mean though. Like yeah, that's that's yeah. the best player that like Who okay. Who did he Jabari... play with in college? I forgot. Jabari was Smith. It, was it Kansas? Uh, did he play I forget. For in college? I thought he was I Kentucky. It oh, that might was. be it. That but, might like, be it. But like you're talking about the NBA fucking summer league. Like it's fun to watch. It's fun to get hyped. Auburn. We played at Auburn. Yeah. I was about to say. Question. Can anyone tell me who the best player in the uh, Summer League was uh, two years ago? Two years uh, ago? Wasn't it? Who'd you say, Andrew? Define, define best player. Like, what do we... Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know. Was I it, no, no, was in it... The NBA it, was Summer it... League two years ago, the NBA Summer League MVP? Correct. Well, wasn't oh. it the end of ball one summer? Was it Cam Thomas? It was. He was one. Cam Thomas, there's no shot. Holy, look that up. There's no. I did, but <laughs> <laughs> I tried being smooth. And Cam um, Thomas is, is a reserve player for the Brooklyn Nets. So, so the Celtics came in second that year, and Damian mm-hmm. Mitchell, who just got traded from the Celtics, was the runner-up for MVP. Just a side note. Davion Mitchell's on the Celtics one. I think he got traded. Oh, I'm thinking of Davion Mitchell, oh. the guy for the Kings. Yeah, there's like a guy just got traded. I don't fucking know anymore. Anyway, too many people. Point being, also, I got to. Uh, also, I, I can't just constantly see you, Nick, just looking behind your back because you have two kittens just literally going crazy. Yeah, they're just doing their thing back there, man. They're chilling. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, can anyone name the uh, the summer league MVP last year? Last year, wasn't it Paolo? I don't, no, don't even look it up. He's on, don't look it up. It definitely is not Paolo. He's on the Kings. But... Oh, oh Kings. Yeah. I don't even think he played last year. Who the fuck was he it? Did. He yeah. did play last year. What the hell? Okay, he played almost every game last year. Bro, who was it? It was uh, Keegan Murray. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes oh, sense. that makes sense. That makes sense. Fourth overall pick, by the way. Enter, anyway, that makes sense. So, that, that completely derailed. The short answer is Victor Wignabba is not a bust. Yes, he is. At, at least not yet. At least not yet. And we won't know until the season happens. We might not know until two seasons happen because we've seen players <laughs> do really not good, cough, cough, Andrew Wiggins, and then go to a new situation and then play significantly better I mean, in that new situation. I'm not saying Kobe sucked his first year in the league. Oh, let's be real. Yes. Hey, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying when he goes up against Listen, Jokic. there's a lot of respect. I'm just saying. When he goes up against Jokic, we'll see. We'll see how he does because Jokic is just a brick wall and Wembenyama is a skinny little twig who's going to get broken. I would not be surprised if Victor plays the full stretch four role for them until he puts on weight. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's true. To be fair, Jay, Kobe did only average 15 minutes in his first year. I'm just saying. So if you were to double his stats well, for Jordan playing a normal, was also not the greatest player in the world. His first, his first year, yeah, he like... got really good by mm-hmm. year three. Okay, so moving on Sorry. to the next layer of things here, there has been not so much rumors anymore, but real reports and discussions within the NBA of a interseason tournament happening around Why? the All-Star break time. Hold on. Uh, it's right. not happening. It's happening before the All Star break. Before it's happening. Break. It's happening around Thanksgiving. That's not. That yeah. Much before the All Star break. No, it's not that much, but it is but before. It was around that time. That's what it's, it says. Yeah. It's well, season. Yes. NBA NBA.com says that it's from Friday, November third, and cumulative with the championship on Saturday, December 9th. So it's about a month that they're trying oh, yeah. to get this. So, 
I don't understand why they're doing this. For the gimmick. The gimmick of what? The gimmick. So I was thinking about this because I, I wanted to understand what Adam Silver's point of view is here. The only thing that I can think of is just a marketing scheme to say the players are competing for this illustrious trophy that people are going to care about in 30 years because all people are going to look at in 30 years is oh my god people had x amount of nba cups and he now is an all of famer when so many didn't even have an nba cup so he's not a whole that's all this is going to be but what i don't understand is why it's important in the first place the whole point of the regular season should not be to play for a stupid mini tournament it should be to win the championship at the end of the year that's the point of the regular season so like Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't play for something in the middle of the year. You play for the well, thing at the end of the year. In the middle of the year, and I thought about this. And they've done something like that. They do something like this in the NBA All Star Game. Do like a three v three tournament. Like, please. yeah, book that'd be a, cool. Book off a freaking week and do an but actual three like, v three tournament with anyone can play with anyone. Any three players like, can sign up for this tournament. Put a prize pool on it. Put a freaking like a, a trophy on it. Like a three a three v three. I don't care. And make it fun. Like, don't do this full team tournament it's all crap and, and you know what's even like, weird about this is these are counting as regular season games too so like there's a there's a like caveat to this that these teams are gonna also have to compete for the regular season aspect of it right. but also try and compete for this meaningless tournament it doesn't make sense i don't I know get like to hands, i know it's supposed to be hands off in this conversation but it's a fucking joke to make fans think that the regular season fucking matters that's okay. Exactly it's a, hold on. Okay. That's exactly We've had this debate in many well, other no. topics about okay. other sports. The regular yeah. season matters. We've had this Here's, to refine my point. Most NBA fans, like unless you're a hardcore fan, are not watching 82 games a year. No. Like, wait, wait, wait. I have a thought process here. You know what would be really ahead, cool? Is if, okay, now I'm actually kind of into this. If they do some stipulation, if you win the midseason tournament, you win each conference, you have an automatic bid to the playoffs. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Because now that would be dope. Now we're that's something to play for. What about yes? That's something to play for. Let's see. Now the Rockets were nineteen and whatever. Let's think here. Let's say you're really good at midseason, and then you have a bunch of injuries, aka the Warriors. Right? The Warriors were like a top two seed, and they the Mavericks. They yeah, they still made the playoffs. But now they have a chance to guarantee their spot, even if injuries happen. Like, wouldn't that be like? Like here's so okay. That's a good point, Nick. But then how do you decide draft? Is the draft decided because let's say the Rockets make it who had 19 wins and however many losses is their draft position going to be based on their regular season record or how they finish in the playoffs now, no, now they, they made get the playoffs they're, they're, bought, the, they're not out of the lottery they made the playoffs well, yeah. what happened is here's what here's what happened know. your automatic bid you would be automatic bid at the latest of the eight so, seed right so no matter wh- what, what if they seed, that's how it what if, what if it's an automatic play in play in tournament no no, no because if you no. Uh, so so like automatically you well, can at, the at least, least the right? lowest exactly yeah, yes so, yeah. that's what i mean i think it should be yeah yeah so you could be how this you could be lowest of the seventh seed which is the playing tournament you yeah that's fine game, but you have a guaranteed shot to win yourself in the playoff of one game yeah with one game yep. and so you're guaranteed seven seed on both sides and then you still have the three other teams below it so technically the top nine teams plus the top team that won from each conference wins the play. I think that would make the most sense, and that puts some sort of like reason to try and play this thing that makes mm-hmm. it like worth it for teams. And then cool if you win that trophy, like awesome, like that's like kind of a consolation game. Probably win some money from it, whatever. But uh, Andrew, sorry, go ahead. Um, the thing I wanted to see this with this is 
there's the FIFA Club World Cup. And they kind of do this where they have the group stages, then they have the tournament, and it's all within a month span. Now, we have the NBA G League. We have the G League Ignite. We have the clubs overseas that they're associating the NBA with. What if the NBA was to just have teams that they wanted as the lower options and they're in the leagues, uh, higher options in the ones across the seas, kind of go up against each other? I think this would be a better tournament for them. And it's not like it would be like this would go against their regular season record. But like this is something instead like they have going on as a sidetrack option. Like I hate this in-season tournament thing because if it's going against like uh, the NBA season, it makes no sense. But if you do it for like a G League team or a team overseas where we're bringing all these prospects in, you're getting a chance to actually have them going against NBA competition where they're going to have a chance to be able to play against them. What you're saying, Andrew, is kind of like the Champions League, but for basketball, where you get the champions of every single basketball league across the world competing yep. in a little mini tournament. I yep. could get down for that, to be honest. Like, I would love to see. I would love to see because it's champion like, of the you still have league. Like you still have international uh, basketball by itself, but this is club basketball. I mean, the NBA by the itself. The Shanghai Sharks are about to dominate yeah, the everybody. NBA team <laughs> No, 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 no. He, like, he said exclude the NBA. That... So you're taking the G League, the Euro League. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm with you. The Shanghai Sharks. That yeah. That's an off-season thing, though, or like right after the NBA championship. Well, in, in soccer, it's done in the middle of the season, right? They take right. a couple, like yeah. they split it up. They play their regular tournaments in the middle of the year, plus their Champions League tournament. But that means for that it. means it would allow for teams for the NBA teams put more players on their rosters to help develop them. You know. Yeah. So for like these tournaments, it would be for me, I would think that you would want to increase your roster size for injury management and load management. So you're not dealing with all these injuries along the way, because like, say, like we let Tatum play in this in-season tournament or if we did this international tournament, like if he gets injured, we know the Celtics probably won't produce with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So from what I've seen in soccer on that side is that they'll put in players that they want to help develop. They'll put a couple veteran guys with them to kind of help lead them, and they'll play like that. So it's almost like the summer league tournament, but it would be better for them to be able to also see other talent from across the seas and from their G leagues to kind of just like be like, maybe we can bring him up next season, or maybe we can have him play with us in the future years. Like It's stuff like that you'd be able to see, which is why European soccer and all that has been such a very big detrimental on developmental for players. Yeah, one thing uh, you're still just making it not worth anything. Like I, you're making it worth developmental stuff, but like in the middle of the season, that's not that makes at least that makes more sense because at least you're trying to aspire to become an actual professional. I mean, here's the thing: the NBA in-season tournament. I'll just kind of, I'll just kind of say my thought on this. Realistically, I think it's absolutely pointless unless there's some playoff advantage you'd get in this case. I don't even think a playoff game. Why would I? You know, this tournament. You win this whole tournament in the midseason. I mean, is it even worth it to win it just for a playing game? Because that is a one or done get into the playoffs. Well, I'd rather go well, ahead. at least one or two. But at, at the very least, just guaranteed a playoff spot, whether it be having to be, you know, in a sense, the visiting team, you get fewer games at home, or, you know, you eventually do pretty well and you're actually able to be a top seed. 
But I think an actual guaranteed playoff spot instead of the playoff play-in, I think would maybe be more incentive to take it seriously. I just because why yeah, you're gonna well, do this? Whole, yeah. So well, why would you? Do, yeah, you go. Down, you go. go. I, I was just thinking like the only reason Nick and I said play-in game was so if the Houston Rockets at twenty and sixty or twenty and sixty-two, whatever. It's also a minimum, by the way. Like if you're the yeah. number one seed or the number one seed. Like, obviously, because, like, it, somehow, God forbid, the Houston Rockets win this thing. Are they going to get an automatic six seed at being the lowest playoff spot? That would be fucking pl- hilarious. Hey, that would yeah. be, that to me is weird. Like, I don't think, don't wanna, like. You don't want to win it. You would rather not win it. So that's. Exactly. Like, that to me just doesn't seem like. So, like, at least if you have the Rockets, like, competing for a playing game, that's competing for a spot. Like, that's competing for at least a chance. Whereas the Houston Rockets competing for the six seed now they're actually in the playoffs and that's just to me that's a free that's a free round for the third seed uh, essentially whoever that would be. No. Like, but even then, it's just going to turn into an important tournament for the bottom half of every conference, and that's it. But well, at least I mean, it will guarantee like a top NBA team a playoff spot because like if that if at worst they're a playoff they're a playing team like at worst like. The Sacramento Kings, Dallas Mavericks, Boston Celtics, like 76ers. At worst, you know, all right, we're at least Wait, getting so, a play-in game. We can deal with injuries throughout the season and not worry about not yeah, making exactly, the play-in. At, like, so mm-hmm. th- that's so how, already like, drawn the, the groups, top, though. Yes, they did. They already grew the so, like, So, like, it's with, already done deal. Yeah, West Group it's A is Grizzlies to Suns, yes, the Lakers to Jazz, and the Trailblazers. They 100% mm-hmm. they announced it Sunday night. Okay, well, yeah, I, don't, so, I, don't, I don't know, man. Did they haven't announced what, like, what's in it, right? Other than they're just playing, like, they like, so no, they, they announced the, teams, they announced they the announced, whole thing. So what no, it is yeah. is their group stage. If you, win? you get a million dollars, something like that, and the title of the NBA Cup. That's what you <laughs> get. Exactly. There's no point. That's <laughs> exactly the point. Play seven through fifteen on your roster, and don't play <laughs> anyone in the top. Like, don't what's the? Well, okay. The thing well, they're actual regular season nuts. games. They're too. regular season games. These are literally counting. It's just the, it's just the regular season. Except it's the regular season. Some so games like, count towards a tournament. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have a Calder Cup trophy. It doesn't make well, sense guess, to me. It doesn't. So the, the, another thing is like. Are the NBA teams really gonna play their superstars for this? Like, well, so like, yeah, because it's fans. Regular season games, it's so weird, man. I yeah, but it's a regular season game that's so early in the season. Like, they haven't even played twenty games yet at this yeah, point. I was gonna the say season. the season starts October thirty first, right? Yeah, the season like the <laughs> yeah. season is just starting, so like teams don't really <laughs> they need start like, November fourth. <laughs> what what kind? What is the reason for the Phoenix Suns to go out and play their big three? For this thing. What's the point for them? Fans are going to come here to want to see the big three at a regular season game. That's why you go to a regular season game. And the Suns are going to be like, no, we don't want to risk injury for a pointless tournament right now. Like, Like, yes, it also. You got to look at the groups, though, too. You look at West Group A. It's the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Sun, the LA Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Portland Trailblazers. Like, you know the Lakers, the Suns, and the Grizzlies, though. Are like the top three teams that are going to advance out of that freaking group. Well, they can't advance. Only one, only it's one advance is guaranteed, and then the second best of the other three in their conference. Okay. Or something like that. Just realistically, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Let's see if it's worth Let's see how people play it. The thing is, it's worth their record, so therefore they're going to play as if it was any other game. That's probably how they're going to think about it. So let's let's move on to the next subject here. Uh, okay, we could talk briefly about this, Kyle. Um, mm. So Jake, Alex, Jake and I have uh, al- opposite I, arguments. I have some thoughts on this as well. So Go Alex Debrinkit 
was traded from the Ottawa Senators, who literally yeah. traded for him last year, and uh, uh, <laughs> for the seventh overall or for the seventh overall pick, uh, and has now been traded to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, and it, a uh, in division rival. In division rival. <laughs> uh, in return for uh, Dominic Kubalik, who is a decent player. He's okay. He's not bad. Decent, he's not eh. He's uh, solid. Man, he's Donovan Sabrango, who I've never heard of before. He's yeah, me a either. Prospect of some form. A conditional tw- uh, first round pick. I'm curious what the condition is. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, oh I'll tell you. Oh, <laughs> if it's top 15 protected, that's hilarious. Uh, it's not quite. It kind of is. Round pick. Um, I feel like the Red Wings gave up nothing for him. And on top of this, his contract is so team friendly. Call him Patrice Bergeron. He will be making $8.25 million, which is average nowadays. Slightly above average. Hey, Nick, you want to make it even better? Brinkett's salary cap hit is only $7.875 million. Yeah, he's making $8.25 million for the next three years and $6.75 million that fourth year. Those numbers are so low for a dude who should be making probably around $11 million a year. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um, and they Jake, get, do you want to so yeah, go I'll first? Start with, yeah, because I, start... I have to make sense of this from the senator's <laughs> perspective. I have the hardest argument of the day. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you do. <laughs> all right, I'm going to start off by saying you guys are overhyping to bring it a little bit. No. You only, oh. only had 66 points last year. Like get, On a garbage get, team. It doesn't fucking matter. I mean, he had 40 goals the year before. He only he had less than 30 last year. Like y'all are overhyping to Brinkett's value a little bit. Take a deep breath here. It's not like the dude is actually Patrice Bergeron. Um, <laughs> no, his deal look like actually Patrick Kane. For his me. deal does account for that dip, meaning that he only is going to get paid 7.875 million against the cap next year, which is good. Like good for the Red Wings, whatever. But it's not like this moves the needle. The Red Wings aren't this super great team either way, and I don't think this makes them a super great team. Like, And from the Senators' perspective, I mean, the conditional first-round pick is dumb, dude. I mean, let me tell you the conditions on this pick. I hate it. Uh, So the Red Wings will have the option of sending the Bruins or the Red Wings first-round pick in 2024 to the Senators. If the Bruins pick is in the top 10... The Bruins get their pick back, and the Red Wings have the chance to either send the 2025 Bruins first-round pick or the Red Wings 2024 first-round pick to the Senators. <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. First of all, how are the Bruins involved in this? I don't know. but uh... Uh, Because um, they have the, our first-round pick. It's, it's top 10 first, protected. It's okay, the first-round so pick from the um, Tyler Bertuzzi trade. Okay, so it's Forgot. top 10 protected, and if it's not, if it's used by the Bruins, then it, their next year's pick will be sent over. Got it. Okay. I'm yeah. So, um, and the Red Wings have the ability to, if it is a top 10 pick for the Bruins, you know, God forbid they suck okay. next year. Uh, go ahead. Question. Go ahead. Uh, so you, what you're telling me is they got Alex to for a top 10, for a, a bottom 20 pick. 22. Pick, yeah. In the first round, a fourth round pick, which, at best, is a shot in the dark. That's a th- throwaway. That's a throwaway. I'm not even going to talk about throwaway. it. Shot in the dark. Cause like a it's a magic player. bean, as I like to it's call it. It's a magic bean. It's a magic bean. At best, one depth piece. 
Uh, no, I mean, uh, Kubelik is a 27-year-old who had 45 points last year. They recouped some of DeBrinket's production. And it's not like the Senators are great anyway. And yes, Kyle, I'm very well aware that their GM said the rebuild is over. No, it's fucking not. They were picking in what is equivalent to the NBA lottery last year. Plus, Sabrengo, again, not a guy you're going to hear of a lot, but he is a solid minor league defenseman who has third to second line potential in the NHL. He's 21 years old. He still has time to develop. That's how you win championships with those minor league players. No, I'm not saying, like, this is a blockbuster trade, but saying that it's a total loss for the Senators I don't think makes a ton of sense. it's not a total loss. Like, they were coup. Sorry, go ahead. Jake, if I gave you $100. Yeah, sure. And then you gave me back a bag of chips. Like, like Depends. I'm gonna enjoy it a little bit, right? Like, I got a bag of chips. <laughs> I got a bag of those new sweet and tangy barbecue Doritos. So, like that. You're also taste. not taking. You're also not taking the totality of the circumstances into this. Um, but also, Ricky right, had like, basically said, "I'm not coming back." So, yeah, why would he go to a garbage franchise in no, a garbage but like, city? He's of on a contract. Not. No, he's on a contract year. And it's essentially, you're telling them he's not coming back. Everybody knows that. And then you also have to find a team that's going to sign, trade for him, and then sign him. So you're limited to whoever he's going to do a sign and trade for, right? Like, the market was not hot. No, I don't. Hold on. Give me a minute. I'm not done finishing my point. They got the best deal they possibly could out of this. It's not like Detroit was one of the... Yes, they did. No, they did. Give it... Yes, given the circumstances... No, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> it is. No, yeah, given I haven't the even said my argument yet. Yeah, I know. Like... Given the, I mean, you're making it while well, I'm making mine, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I mean, he is. Nick's also making Embarrassing. it. Embarrassing. <laughs> 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 no, but genuinely, like, you're got, you've got a player who literally is saying, I'm on the last year of my deal. You can either let him walk for nothing or you can recoup what you can and take your losses. And that's exactly what the Senators did here. Like, is it an A plus move? Absolutely not. It's probably not even a B move, but like giving it a C or a C plus is not bad. And if I'm the Senators, I'd take this over nothing. Okay. I'm gonna wait until I know Bitch. you're 100 percent that. I'm gonna wait until I know. <laughs> uh, 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 hey, this is this is uh this is uh right, this is uh oh, no. wings to the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> okay, Jake. Let, let me just explain to you why this also, move... Kyle gave me the shit argument, and I still won. I did. I did. Get... No, you did. I haven't <laughs> even gone yet. Gee, also, also listen, no. listen. Um, you got him. You got him. Um, hello, you can come in at any time. Um, okay. Oh, anyway. Riley? Yes, please. Riley's so much more interesting. All right, that's that's enough. That's enough. All right, enough, let's go. Make your argument. That's enough. Make, make your points. Let's go. Um... Alex Happy related birthday, Riley. Alex is has had two 40 goal seasons while he's under 25 years old. That already makes him he played for a bad team, Jake's. Hold on. Did hold on. Let, let me say my argument. I let you get like 60%. I let even. you get 60 of the way through. I let you get 60 <laughs> of the way through. Um <laughs> let me at least get 60 of the 60% through. All right. He had 40, he, he's had two 40 goal seasons. No, he. Uh, <laughs> Wait, guys, let Kyle tell you. Good one, good one, good one. Dear Lord. Hilarious. He had two 40 goal seasons. No, he didn't have one last year, but he didn't play with Ottawa's top line. So he wouldn't have had that scoring record anyway because he didn't play with top talent. 
Also, Alex Dabrinka is grew up just outside of Detroit. He's a hometown kid. He would have gone to sign with Detroit for anything. It didn't matter. The point of why this is a win for Detroit isn't necessarily because of they got a superstar and they didn't get him for much, but it's because Ottawa didn't get any of Detroit's top talent prospects. They didn't get Simon uh, Edvidson, who is one of the best defensive prospects the out there. They did, they didn't get Marco Casper, who is one of the best forward prospects Detroit has. They also didn't get William Willinder, who they just drafted. They could have gotten a draft. They could have made this move during the uh, NHL draft, and they didn't make this move. The Red Wings also have two superstar defensemen right now in uh, Maureen Sider and Jake Wallman, who have been who are top thirty defensemen right now in the league. They didn't make Lucas Raymond is a forward. Top 30 out of over 100 and something, Jake. Yes, that's oh a big my, deal. Top 30. Considering the Senators don't have, they only have one top 30 defenseman in the whole. I never league. said yeah, the Senators adding, good. adding a second one would have been good. The Senators could have asked for a little bit more considering who they're giving up. They're giving up someone with the talent of a superstar, Jake. He average, he can average. He could easily get another 40 goal season playing with Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond. You're they not taking into. You're not taking the situation into account. I'm the Red Wings literally could have given up a bag of chips. They did give up a bag of chips. They gave they up. They gave up two draft picks. They gave up two draft picks that could amount to absolutely nothing. Instead of taking out, I mean, I'll take a first round pick to be quite honest with you. A, su- a first round pick that isn't even going to be top fifteen. That's garbage I'll, for I'll, a superstar. I mean, it could, be, it could be top fifteen. Garbage. And he's not a fucking and, superstar. Yes, he is. He's absolutely top Old 15 player in the league. Points last year. He's not a fucking superstar. Yes, he this is, is Jake. Oh, my God. He my averaged... Fi- he- I'm not listening, man. I am not... Okay, he, av- he got 78 points. This-, this is my Silent Wolf, okay? And Kyle gets... Oh, oh, baby. Look at horns, baby. Yeah, Silent Wolf. <laughs> silent Wolf. Kyle, you are <laughs> muted. You are hyper-muted right now. Anyways... <laughs> I still can't hear you. It's probably better that way. So I can't get over the actual metaphor of this argument with both of uh, Nick's kittens just beating the crap out of each other in the background. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Kyle, are you done? I need a, I need a, need a, no? Okay, well, you're going to stay muted. Let, let him cook. Let him cook, all right? No, let he has cook. been cooking for three minutes for no reason. Point being, to break it, this was under... They got more enough. My main example I want to compare, DeAndre Hopkins. Bro, this is nowhere close to that. That was it's fucking atrocious. Exact no. Same. Re- no. Kyle, you can defend me. This is literally DeAndre Hopkins. That's all I'm saying. No, it is not. You're unmuted, Kyle. Bro, D Hop is uh, the best receiver in the league not, at the time. They it, it, I'm sorry. It's not. Okay. It's it's not. Hold on. <laughs> I just Kyle's remuted. I don't want to hear it. Uh, it is literally. Oh. I misclicked. I misclicked. I misclicked. Oh boy! Oh, I, 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 I thought Kyle kicked him. That was it. that was quiet for about five seconds. Kyle's still deaf and are still muted. Uh, okay, so uh, well now since my thing is Kyle, you have to stop talking about the brinket. You can make one more point. Yep. You have fifteen seconds. Okay, here you go. You're good. Um, I was only going to say it's not DeAndre Hopkins because D-Hop... Okay, he disagrees with me. He's muted again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm just I'm just Good oh, God. Lord, this is ridiculous. <sighs> oh, he's mad. So anyways, 
Uh, you're not muted, by the way, Kyle. Um, it, it to me, it's very similar. There, oh, I'm, I'm not. My camera's not on. Like, sorry, guys. Um, Steve's still muted. I should unmute him now. To me, it's. I'm uh, muted. No, you're all here. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, Kyle muted Steve, but Steve isn't server muted. He's just muted for yes. Kyle. So correct. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so my only point I wanted to make is it is very similar because you have a player who's very good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little different because DeAndre Hopkins like top five receiver. I don't know if they're bringing the top five center right now or winger uh, forward. Uh, but point being, um, it is very similar. We had a player who forced their way out, but instead the Cardinals said, "We're just gonna let you go because we couldn't get enough for you." And then therefore Ottawa. I thought you meant the Texans to the Cardinals. No, I was talking mm-hmm. about right now. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, okay, that's more accurate. My bad. I yeah. thought you were talking about the fucking Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins for a literal bag of chips. No, yeah, but that was the known thing. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they drafted a dude who's not in the league anymore, and Duke Johnson. Well, most well no, the, it was a bag of chips, but it was something awful like salt and vinegar. Okay, uh, I, I like salt. Save the next topic. Worst chips. A future pie, because I think it could be a whole podcast. If I'm being frank, uh, yeah. Just a little tidbit: Who is the greatest college quarterback of all time? Stay tuned. We'll talk about it in a future episode. Uh, because yeah. the answer is Vince Young. Uh, I'm just no, kidding. it's not. The answer oh, is Marcus yeah, Mariota. Just kidding. No, it's not. Okay, so <laughs> somebody tell me why I th- why running backs are just a waste of money. Somebody, somebody. Tell All me right, so uh, I can tell I can tell you that this is the wrong <laughs> argument. I know. I'm just kidding. go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. I think the thing I honestly running backs can definitely be worth a lot of money. Now, running backs are. Can definitely have a short shelf life, and I think this is coming in the wake of players like uh, Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott getting huge contract extensions. Now, you also get players like Christian McCaffrey who got a pretty hefty contract extension, but you have to remember this is coming after, especially the first two I mentioned. These contracts were very expensive, very huge cap hits, so huge that. For example, the Cowboys had to trade away Amari Cooper to make up cap space, which was the wrong trade because Zeke sucks. But then also, you know, the the Titans potentially having cap issues in the future because of this. And that's because even though at the time of their contracts, they were definitely very promising, they dropped off very quickly. And I think a lot of teams are seeing even Joe Mixon, who is worth a lot of money, you know, wasn't very consistent last year. Dalvin Cook, even though he's had more than a thousand rushing yards, he still could be a week to week, you know, in or out. We're not totally sure. So we're looking at, and now we have what is it, three running backs who are on the franchise tag who haven't had a long term deal yet, most likely, because I doubt it's it, the team's like, oh, we want to pay you more. And the teams are saying, no, no, clearly the running backs want to get a fair share amount of money, but. Teams are starting to become more hesitant about it. Saquon Barkley did have a very serious injury a couple of years ago. Tony Pollard, you know, any season could be out for the entire season. I think he's vastly overrated, but that's a whole other issue. But now we're just starting to see because running backs are such a delicate position, you could look at the Chiefs where they led in rushing yards in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, and they have nobody we don't know about. We don't know about. Sloney Michelle has not done well since the Super Bowl season because he had wide open gaps. So he was able to run when he needs to. So maybe teams are starting to see, maybe we don't need to spend as much money on running backs anymore, considering it's more of a passing league. All right. 
let's have a fucking conversation about running backs in the NFL. Steve, thank you for your points. They are valid and honestly very on point. But we're asking the question whether running backs are less valuable. We're not asking if they're devalued because the answer is fucking yes, they have been devalued. Like Saquon not being able to get paid 14 or more million dollars is fucking asinine. Uh, Saquon has been the bedrock of that organization for five years. I don't care if he's and they wasted it on Daniel Jones. Anyways. I do not care if he's coming off a torn ACL. Christian McCaffrey proved last year why he's so fucking valuable. He made Brock Purdy look fucking wonderful, and yeah. in Kyle Shanahan's wide zone scheme, he ate. So let's re- let's really dive into like numbers. I think mm-hmm. that we can all agree the running back position in the NFL has changed over the last ten years or so, right? Yeah. So I decided to look into it. So, for the 2022, 2012, 2002, and 1992 seasons, I went through and looked at the all-purpose yards that had over 1,000 yards. Because I think 1,000 yards is still the measure of, like, a very good running back season. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, like, 1,000 yards. Like, oh, I was a 1,000-yard rusher. And I also took, you know, the combined touchdowns over 10. Again, 10 is probably a little bit of a high number, but, hey, you know, okay. Like, really good season, right? Even if you don't hit the 1,000-yard mark, if you score 10 touchdowns, you're probably feeling pretty happy about yourself. In 2022, there were 16 uh, 16 people over 1,000 yards just rushing. There were 18 total players because uh, Kamara and Fournette made it over 1,000 yards combined with rushing and uh, receiving. Mm-hmm. Over 10 touchdowns, there were eight rushing alone and nine combined with reception. I think Jarek McKinnon was the one who ended up making the extra one. Yes. Yep. In 2012, when, you know, we think that running backs might have been more prominent. And that's Adrian Peterson's MVP year, right? Yeah. There were 16, yeah. 16 rushing, uh, 16 uh, running backs over 1,000 yards. Same number as 2022. And 19 combined passing and receiving, only one more than 2022. There were eight uh, eight people rushing uh, over 10 rushing touchdowns and only eight combined, so there's one less combined over 10 touchdowns. 2002 is a little bit of an outlier, but a reminder that LaDainian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, and a bunch of other great running backs were all in the league in 2002, including Corey Dillon and yada, yada, yada. Yep. Eric, what? Eric Dickerson. Not in 2002. Kind of a golden age for sure. Set but... the record in like 2001. No, Eric Dickerson was like the 80s. I feel mm. like I'm not that wrong here, but fair enough. You can look it up. I'm, I am. Please correct me if I'm wrong. So 2002 is a little bit of an outlier. I mean, I think this is around the time where Priest Holmes and or um, whoever else was in Kansas City. Like, it was a prime time for running backs. You had 17 uh, over just rushing, which is about normal. You had 16 over for the last two decades, two, uh, 2012 and 2022. You had 26 over combined because apparently a lot of teams were using their running backs as pass catchers. Mm-hmm. You had 10 people uh, ten people for um, over 10 rushing touchdowns alone and 10, uh, 12 people combined. So it's not that much of an outlier. The yards were in 2002. In 1992, you know that NFL that everybody talks about with all the great rushing running backs, you know, the 90s, mm-hmm. the hard-nosed back. There were 13 people who had more than 1,000 yards in 1992. There were 15 combined. That's less people than today and in 2012 and in 2002. And they had four people run for over 10 rushing touchdowns. 
Now, I oh. think I, I think the big difference is uh, one thing I would look at for that season is how about the running back depth? Because it may be no. there was a heavy. That was, no, that, that, was, was, no, that was the time of the bell count, dude. I, I, 1992. I, I, they didn't even invent a second running back at that point. I, I do have a counterpoint. If you want to argue that the defenses were better, yeah, I would accept that. Um, but yeah. there were eight combined people who had over 10 touchdowns. Uh, well, defenses could just obliterate people. So, back so then. The, the biggest, so defenses being better is definitely a thing. My biggest argument that I would say to the reason why looking in the past doesn't necessarily say the whole story is scheming. And football IQ is so significantly more advanced now than it was 10 yep. years ago, than it was 20, and so on, that it's a lot easier to get people open and in gaps and stuff like that than it was previously, yeah. where it was really just run into a hole. You kind of know yeah. where they're going already, stuff like that. And I don't disagree with you. I just don't think the running back position is less valuable. I don't think that's the word that we should be using. If you want to talk about devalued, then yeah. Yes. But like, I don't think the running back position today is less valuable than it was in 2012 or in 1992. Like, I think it's still an important piece of a football team. I could definitely argue the value of a star running back, especially has gone down because one, I think definitely because since we're going to a passing league, you know, actually having a good thrower and pass catchers is very important. So, yeah, some of the important running backs are the ones that are hybrids. Pure runners, you know, are hard to find. But because we're focused on a passing league, what that means is teams are also putting more effort into their offensive line. So the Chiefs, for example, behind that offensive line, you know, anybody could be an incredible rusher. You know, they're, you know uh, the year before or as 2020 season, their receivers led the league in rushing yards amongst, receive, amongst their receiving core. So I think definitely running backs, star running backs are definitely more for the teams that don't have a star quarterback because then you have a reliable running back. You could stretch, you can stretch the field or more importantly, eat time. But I think, yeah. The Titans aren't a playoff team without Derrick Henry. They're barely a playoff team with Derrick Henry. Yeah, but if they don't have Derrick Henry, they're not even close. I mean, they agreed 100%. Yeah, but... So, yeah, I get your point, but at the same time, I don't, like, I think there's less great backs in the league than there were in, you know, 2002 and 1992. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Like, I think yeah. that some running backs might be overcompensating how valuable they are. I don't think Saquon Barkley is one of them, by the way. Because oh. I know that this conversation started about Saquon or somebody else said something. Oh Josh yeah. Jacobs is the only reason that the Raiders were even competitive last year. Derek Carr mm-hmm. was horrible. Yeah, I have a, I, another point I'll say. So rather than saying, you know, less valuable versus is uh, devalued, stuff like that, let's talk about what does valuable mean? Because in my mm-hmm. mind, valuable in terms of their importance to have a good one on a team is vastly different from valuable yeah. as in how much you should pay them uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, percentage of a contract. So there's, like, statistics out there that – quarterbacks that are paid more than I think it's like 16% of their team salary cap um, have not won a Super Bowl until Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and that's just a different conversation. Cor- correct. Mm-hmm. 100%. But in the same note, if you were to look at that on average, the how much percentage-wise should running backs, in my mind, be worth? And that's where I get a little bit funky because 
a star running back is insanely valuable, but a durable, good running back is significantly more valuable in my team because I feel like long-term contracts are much more useful over time. That's, that's Let me put it this way. If you're paying two separate running backs about $10 million, yeah, I mean, that's probably right. But I would pay one running back 10 Like, if I'd pay Saquon $15 million right now. If I'm the Giants, hell yeah. He's been durable I'm, since his ACL. I, think I probably wouldn't give him a, you know, two, I probably wouldn't give him a three or four year deal. It'd probably be two to three, but like. There is one running back in the league that I think deserves a three year deal. And I think it was two years ago. And I think he should have been the highest running back paid running back in the league. And it's Derrick Henry. Cause that yeah, it's fact. has literally barely ever been hurt. And he continues to run like a freight train. Every other mm-hmm. star running back has had some sort of decent long-term injury. The closest did Josh Jacobs have one? I don't think he did. He was hurt two years ago for a little bit, but he's also okay. not quite on that level. Like, he's not tier one. He might be like tier two. or he's clo- I don't know, man. After last season, I might put him in that tier one range. The closest but... one yeah, to Derrick Henry, although he's a different type of running back, is Alvin Kamara because he doesn't get mm-hmm. hurt very often. And yeah. He, he has a lot of production. Um, Christian yeah. McCaffrey last year and he didn't get hurt was incredible, but then all of a sudden he gets hurt and then he doesn't play. Uh, we've seen Saquon, he had his ACL injury, so the people are still anxious about that. I'm still anxious about that, but when last year he was incredible, like when he was mm-hmm. playing. So, you know, the I also, yeah. like, I think there's a significant gap between the tier one and tier two backs, too. Like, if you're talking about the yes. Derrick Henrys of the world, yeah, obviously. Like, I, and Nick, I think your point about, you know, like, what are we talking value to a team versus value, like, monetary? I'm talking value to a team. Like, oh, yeah. In that case, I have a completely yeah. different discussion because to me, it's very important to have a durable running back. That's why yeah. Leonard Fournette has been so valuable for so long. The dude like never gets hurt. Like he's been hurt a couple times and like he was hurt years. his like early years, but he hasn't in, like since year yeah, three. Really it, hasn't. He's been, been so oh. incredible, and of course, everyone gets hurt here and there. Um, yeah. My biggest one, I think Bijan Robinson's gonna be a beast because I don't think he's gonna get hurt that often. Like I don't. The care dude's two hundred and forty fucking. If pounds. I would rather have a dude get paid fifteen million a year, but then play every season, have over twelve hundred rushing yards, and never get hurt, than pay anything else, anyone else. And I think that there are a small group of people that fit that mold, and it's Saquon, it's Derrick Henry, it's all those people. And I, I definitely will say too that. Uh, in terms of value to a team, yeah, I mean, having a great running, having a great running game in general is very helpful. Considering if you are a very good passing team that can run the ball, that just means the defense doesn't know how to defend you. That's basically how it is because you can beat them anyways. I definitely think the running backs like Saquon, who's definitely a hybrid, or Alvin Kamara, who's a hybrid, and Christian McCaffrey, and even Ramondre Stevenson to a point. These hybrid running passing, catching, running backs are definitely becoming more valuable now than just pure rushers. Derrick Henry really is one of a kind of just, not only is he a pure runner, but he's also heavy hitter as well. Yes. But he's also, definitely, he's so yeah. we're definitely just simply forgetting that Nick Chubb exists in this conversation. Okay, so here's but, the thing. Nick Chubb yeah. is one of those examples as well. I don't think he's ever been hurt. And every Never. year in and out, he and that's why I drafted him in our dynasty league because he it will be that guy for another few more years. He's barely ever hurt. 
with Kareem Hunt maybe leaving, I don't know, man. Who knows where he's going if he goes anywhere. He's so valuable because he doesn't get hurt, and he's there every game, and he plays well. He gets 80 yards plus every game. I, I mean, I think he averages like close to 14, 1,500 yards on his yes, average, doesn't ridiculous. he? Like, I did want to ask mm-hmm. Kyle's opinion on this because I know he might have had a few different things to talk about, especially with Saquon. Uh, even if there is, like, obviously, like, I buy – I think I'm also probably the only one who – doesn't think that like running backs are less valuable in the NFL, and I know that's an outlier opinion. I, I, on the team side, I think they're similarly valuable. If not, I think a durable running back is very valuable. That's that's what I'm gonna yes. say. A durable running back is very valuable. Uh, Kyle. Yeah. So you saying durable running back, and that's kind of what my whole argument was to this is that over the mm-hmm. past, I, I looked up prior to this the past uh, twenty three years. The amount of number one running backs who miss a significant amount of time, there's over 30. The number of running backs that were considered top of the best, including Priest Holmes, Adrian Peterson, Arian Foster, Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell, all miss significant amount of time due to their injury. I mentioned Le'Veon Bell also because we see with Josh Jacobs and Saquon potentially holding out for their coming up upcoming seasons. Le'Veon Bell, when he held out prior to him resting a lot for the entire season, he only he missed 18 games. Still a, a, a still a decent amount of games missed due to injury. After his holdout, he missed 30 games due to injury. So yeah, he also he also was kind of reckless in that off time too. Yes, he was. He didn't necessarily take care of himself and like continue to train. But the, the, I just want to like point out that with Le'Veon being like kind of the example here of where Josh Jacobs and Saquon are heading, if they do hold out, that puts them at a more injury for risk. Now, are teams really going to want to put 15, 16, $17 million towards these players when both of them have injury history, especially Saquon? And Saquon mm-hmm. was Saquon was phenomenal last year, but the year before that, he was not himself. He, in fact, he was a shell of himself because you kept seeing in his routes, in his attempts with the ball, he was afraid to get hit. He was afraid to to juke. He was afraid to run. We saw old Saquon come to form last year, and it seems that Dable and Kafka were able to uh, like wake up Saquon from his old self and be like, Saquon, you're okay. Well, you will be taken care of. We're going to give you designed runs. You're not going to have to worry about injury or whatnot. But the prior season under Joe Judge, you could clearly see Saquon just had that fear of he was going to get hurt. And there are running backs who have that issue all the time. And Josh Jacobs is another example of that. So, like, I don't necessarily think running backs themselves are less valuable. Running backs are exceptionally valuable. The problem is with their injury history and their likelihood of getting injured because Mm -hmm. of their constant movement with, like, I feel like running backs are more likely to get injured than wide receivers. And I don't know if yes. that's just from, I, I, I know it's be, I never played football. So that's kind of just the more of me as a viewer than as like an actual I mean, perspective. Uh, wide, uh, running backs ankles get hit a lot more. And, and that's what like, I was saying. Yes, because that's what running I was backs saying. get hit more, but wide receivers get hurt all the time. Well, not yes. anymore because you can't fucking hit them, but. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of why it's because running backs get hit a lot. Yeah, the only, that's, the that's only where person I was on offense who is not protected from getting hit besides offensive linemen are fucking running backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so uh, that's kind of like where I was going with this is that like 
I, I do think obviously the running back position is valuable, but I think you're starting to see more teams kind of instead of giving running backs long term high salary contracts, they're just looking at giving it to the next guy. And I think that's what the Giants are going to end up doing. The I think Patriots that's what the Raiders are going to. The Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots have done it for many years. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time they've done it. They do it now. It's what the Cowboys did with Tony Pollard. Granted, he's also someone who he just signed his. Uh, his um i don't know man the patriots have some backs hanging around a long time yes exactly they just did it with zeke so like it's been a steady past here with nfl teams just going well you're asking for an extent like a decent amount of our cap why am i going to give you that when i can give that to our quarterback who is the most important part to our team why i can give it to our wide receiver like it just it just happened Um, yeah yeah sony michelle they did it with damian harris just this year Prior to that, they did it with pretty much everyone besides uh, Dan Green. Damian Lewis. Uh, I mean, uh, like, I would argue that the Patriots have had some backs stay on for a bit. And they're always those depth backs. Like, they're always the yeah, pass-catching like, guys who, like, 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 who don't want a lot Kevin, of money. James Kevin White Falk's, didn't need a lot of money to hang around. Kevin Falk stayed for like a decade. James White was here for a decade. Deion Lewis was he really there for a decade? Yeah. He was there for eight to ten years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was there for eight seasons. But they were there his entire career. Salary. So if you're going to take only two to three percent of the salary, yeah. you're going to keep you around easy. There's no question. No, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm not paying a running back wide receiver, and I'm not even asking for that because top wide receivers get 20 to 25 million nowadays. If I'm Saquon and somebody offers me like 14, I'm kind of insulted. Like, I am worth more than 10 million less than Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah. It's on Saquon. Okay. Here's, here's the thing with Saquon. They're two different positions, and they have two different value, essentially. So, like, if I'm looking at this from the Giants' perspective, I'm looking at it right now, looking at our wide receiver room and going, this is something that we need to drastically improve. I yeah, don't want to – I don't want to – Sterling Shepard ridiculous amounts of money. I don't – Yeah, not we're going Shepard, to. Sorry. But, like – Was it Kenny Galladay? Yeah. Kenny Galladay. So, like, where I'm – like, my point is, like, from yeah. the Giants' perspective – I, I'm looking at Saquon's injury history. I'm looking at what our roster looks like currently. If I know in the next com- couple years, next couple of seasons, we're going to have to dedicate 10, 20, 30 million dollars to X amount of star wide receivers. So this team even has a chance to compete. We can't guarantee, we can't commit that money to a w- running back who's injury. Point. And here is my counter argument to that. Um, Saquon Barkley currently right now is the best receiver on your football team and signing him to a two year $30 million contract is not ridiculous. And you'll probably have a good enough draft pick where you can get wide receivers into the mid to late first round, if not the high first round, because I'm not sold in the Giants being that competitive next year. Not, not no. like an insult, but. No, I also I also think the Giants last year was a fluke considering last year they had to play a lot of easier games. This year they're playing like, they're playing a they're playing a very well, hard schedule. When you go you, from the you, fourth seed to the second seed or whatever. Yes. So. But like, also I don't think I think it's Darren Waller who's the best catcher on the team right now for the record, oh, yeah, not Saquon. Listen, no, Darren yes, Waller's production has no. fallen off in the last few yes. years, but okay. That's like, how bad the Giants wide receiver room is right now, oh, Nick. Like, I, you, can have, you can have an argument, yeah, but, but Saquon's your best pass catcher, in my opinion. Yeah, if not, he's your second best pass catcher. Cool. So that's fine. Okay. Um, like, Le'Veon Bell wanted $20 million or something dollars. It was outrageous. For, like, a running back's value, yeah, that's outrageous. And nobody in their right mind would pay a running back $20 million a year. But, it, it, did, it, it definitely did for Bell only because um, – 
he was like getting 2,000 yards from scrimmage and yeah. he was reading literally his lanes. He was able to stop, read his lane, and then go. That's how good. Well, granted, I, the, there was, that was yeah. also a product of how good the Steelers' yeah. offensive line was you at the time. Crazy right. that we all forget. The Steelers at one point in time had the best receiver in the league and the best running back in the league for two years. And a top five QB. And a top five QB for two years. They had. And and yeah. Within two years, two of them were gone and one of them got very old very fast. But this is the final point I'm going to make about it. Like, I don't think it's outrageous that Saquon is asking for 15 to 16 million dollars a year when top wide receivers are get who produce less yards and less touchdowns. But, Obviously a wide receiver one is very valuable. I don't just think it's a production thing, but like production wise running backs, especially number one running backs who also catch the ball. Yeah. Do a lot for a football team. Like, I don't think it's outrageous for Saquon to be like, give me 15 or $16 million. I also, think I don't think it's, I don't think it's outrageous. I just don't think the giants looking at their roster are going to do it. Like yeah. I, I they gave and I would argue that they're dumb because I think you can team build outside. Quarterback is more important. Next. Uh, a, a, a subpar quarterbacks more important than a Bro, really good running back. Okay. Like that's the hard we have this one who's injury prone. Yes. We had this conversation about the middle class of quarterbacks getting way too much money already. I would yeah. love to have it again, yeah, but let's get to this mystery okay, question. Yeah, what's the mystery yeah. question, Kyle, to end off the episode? To end, uh, I decided that I wanted to get a little clever like I did last week. This time, I want you guys to throw back. Really think about what you consider your favorite team. It could be any sport, whatever it is. Just think about who your favorite team is. But once you guys have that locked in, let me know. Okay, I got it. I've got a lot in, bro. <laughs> All good. All right. If you were to take one former player from that favorite team and put it on their current roster today, who would you take and why? Yeah, this is very easy for me. Yeah, it's real easy for me. So I'm going to switch it up because I was going to say Patriots and Randy Moss. I think everybody's in agreement there, right? Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. nuts. Oh, that's crazy. You went take Tom Brady, but I get it. I mean, yeah. no, I mean, I, I, I mean, fair, but current team. like I'm talking about this current team. Yeah. I want Randy. I need the wide receiver one for Mac, uh, but I'll switch it up. Cause if somebody else is going to go with the Patriots and do something different, I can switch that up. Okay. I'm going to do mine. Cause no one's going to choose mine. Uh, I'm going to go for but I'm going to choose optic gaming. Cause I love optic gaming. <laughs> Why are we laughing? Why are we laughing? Steven? I'm going to take Optic Gaming, and I'm going to take Optic Scumpy back on the Optic Gaming Call of Duty roster. I'm dead serious. That's Fair enough. Oh, oh Scumpy's on, on – literally, if Scumpy's I back, yeah. Scumpy, Shotzi, Dashy, and whoever the hell. Or Scumpy. Nate Shot. We got Pred. We're all good. It's fine. That's what I'm doing. Bring back Nate Shot. All right. Uh, Steve, who are you going for? Um, well, I mean, my team is my favorite team has always been the Patriots. I mean, that's what I grew up with. I mean, I would love to have Tom Brady back, but honestly, in his prime, give me back Julian Edelman. I want him back. I want the squirrel. I want Jules at his that's best. Fair, yeah, that's fair. Andrew, that's good. Um, I'm gonna go soccer here. I'm gonna go with Chelsea FC. I'm bringing back Didier Drogba because uh, that team needs a freaking striker who can score goals, and Didier was the one that could do it. Yeah. So give me that guy. All right. Jake. Um, so people don't really know this. I'm a huge Boston College football fan. Um, <laughs> Matt Ryan. And that's exactly where I'm headed with this, <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, the yeah, the Eagles it. have been per- in QB purgatory hell since Matt Ryan left. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need Matt Ryan back on the fucking Seriously. field, baby. I'll give it. Uh, I, should, I, should MVP, 
I should have known he was a choke artist back then because they were number two in the country headed into the ACC title game, and Virginia Tech can suck a big one. I will give an actual sports one rather than esports one. Question, Kyle: Am I taking yes. them when they played for them or in their prime? For my, for However you want to interpret it. Just okay, someone from the I'm past. Gonna the Boston Celtics. I'm going to take Shaquille O'Neal in his prime as my center. I feel like you could have a Rondo argument there. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But, uh, or Bill Russell. Rest in peace. But yeah, yeah definitely Dope, either yeah. a center or a point guard. So. I mean, if we're doing that, then like, they just be like Chad Ochocinco or Prime Antonio Brown. Or... I still think there's an argument that Randy Moss is better than all of them. Oh, that's Randy just... Moss is absolutely I don't know. He definitely Yes, absolutely. So that, that, or uh, just imagine like prime uh, James Harrison oh, on the uh, Patriots right now. One, Kyle, uh, if yeah. I'm doing the Bruins, Bobby Orr, give him to me, please. Absolutely. Uh, I was. I'm definitely doing the Rangers because uh, they are my favorite team right now, and uh, I 100% would take Mark Messier uh, in his prime. Give me, give me the legend, the last, the last captain to lift the Stanley Cup for the Rangers. Uh, this current team, you'd have to. If you didn't have Igor, I would take Hen- Henrik Lundqvist. Absolutely, but because we yeah. have Igor, I don't need to worry about replacing a goalie because we already have a star goalie. <laughs> so I'm gonna replace. Uh, I'm gonna get a top captain there. Uh, for the re- and you could win maybe a series. For the record, Nick, Tom, bringing back Tom Brady didn't even cross my mind because I'm that confident that Mac Jones takes a giant leap this year. Well, on yeah, I, uh, Jake. Uh, does anyone else have any other comments that aren't about Mac Jones for this episode? Uh, Patriots should sign Dalvin Cook and Hopkins again. But yeah, please, not Dalvin. please not Dalvin. Oh, please not Dalvin. Bro. Uh, please not Dalvin. Uh, I do honestly the the team that's only team that's been on both of them is Dalvin and and or is the Patriots. And on top of that, the only team I've heard connected with Dalvin is the Patriots. And D Hop, it's between the Titans and the Patriots. So it's not looking too good for you, Kyle. Uh, they I don't care about D Hop. D Hop can go to the Patriots. That's fine. I just don't want Dalvin because I have Ramondre I right now. He's gonna get both. Interesting. I do. Mm-hmm. So that was it for episode 72 today. Um, I actually think um, that we're going to be doing an episode soon where we do our full season prediction pretty soon in the next mm-hmm. episode. I do know that Kyle will be gone a few extra episodes next month as he will be busy dealing with his little uh, ring event, uh, as we'll call it. Um, and so he'll have probably one, if not maybe two episodes where he won't be here. So we want to get done before that. Uh, mm-hmm. as, and so I think that'll be something in the next few weeks. Um, so yeah. uh, thank you all for coming today. We do hope you had a great time listening to us and hanging out with us tonight. If you're watching in the future, we hope you had a great time hanging out with us whenever you got the time to listen to it, uh, whether it be on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We do hope you had a great time. Thank you for watching.